Hello. Welcome back to Foundations. Thank you for joining us again. I'm Aaron. What's uh, on my heart today? I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 with our brother Paul again. And in 16 verse 12, there's this story that I've heard lots of uh, thoughts about. And they're wonderful. But you have Paul, and he's trying to send folks with his letter, and he wanted to send Apollos to the Corinthians uh, to be with them. And, of course, Apollos was a great teacher. But he says, But concerning Apollos, our brother, I encouraged him greatly to come to you with the brethren, and it was not at all his desire to come now, but he will come when he has opportunity. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. That all sounds very Pauline. And so here we had, you know, a church that had decided earlier that I'm of Apollos or I'm of Paul. And it's, it says a lot about Paul that he'd be willing to send Apollos to represent the church. He's not concerned whether his name's at the top of the marquee or any of that stuff. But he tells the church, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men. And in, you know, in this day and an age, teaching about acting like men can be a minefield. Can, what does that mean? How do you... Well, it got me thinking about acting like a man and what does scripture have to say about it and i've there was one place that kept coming to mind this morning and it's uh it's in john 17. we have jesus praying the high priestly prayer he's praying the lord's will be done with all of us, probably the greatest prayer in history. But then in John 18, Jesus had spoken <clears throat> the words of the high priestly prayer. He goes forth over the ravine of the Kidron, comes to a garden, and then Judas shows up, his betrayer, you know, he'd already said, whatever you do, do quickly. We know Jesus is always doing what's pleasing to his Father. Again, Paul's instructing the church, do all that you do in love. Act like men. Be on the alert. What's it look like to act like a man? Jesus knows Judas is coming to betray him. He knew that Judas knew the place where he was going to be. And Judas had received the Roman cohort and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees. This is John chapter 18, verse 3. And he came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. I've had, <clears throat> I've had a few bad days in my life, as I'm sure you have. Uh, sometimes where I needed help, sometimes I called the prayer line, sometimes I didn't know what to do and I just trusted 
and I hope that I acted like a man and stood and did the things I needed to do. And I hope you did too. Uh, what what we've probably not had is our prayer meeting interrupted by a large group with torches and weapons, right? And lanterns led by somebody you'd been discipling for a few years. I mean, this is insult to injury to... It, there's just a lot going on. And because it's Jesus, it's hard to make it personal. It's It's, of course, that happened. It was Jesus, but he was... He was a man, this was his friend, and he loved his father enough to, to do what he was supposed to do, and he loved Judas enough to wash his feet knowing this was coming. Um, he trusted his father enough to say, what you do, do quickly, not try to stop it, which is shocking. So Jesus has been praying at some point. You know, in this time period, he's been sweating drops of blood. He's been laboring over the world. He's been praying for the culmination of the ages. Uh, when we stand as the bride clothed in righteous acts, and there's a marriage supper, and we're re reunited with him. Like, he's been there in his head. Uh, he's been travailing for every soul ever. In other words, he was doing all things in love for us, as he always did. Now, robbers and murderers and backstabbers show up. And I've told this to a lot of people. To me, this is the bravest act in human history. Uh, thinking about manly things. You want to be a manly person, do man things. I don't, I don't personally think anybody will ever do anything manlier than this. John chapter 18, verse 4. So Jesus, knowing all the things that were coming upon him, went forth. So let me paint that picture for you. He's travailing. He's, he's literally dying for me and you in prayer. At the same time, he's being rejected, being despised, being betrayed. He prays to the Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Uh, Father, if, if you let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will. So he's, he's doing the things he asks us to do, to deny ourselves, to take up a cross, uh, to follow. And to do it for the right reasons, but he's doing it unto death, like quite literally. So he's making a decision right here. And we know later that there were legions of angels at his disposal. And that just theologically is something like he could have stopped it. So Judas is coming to betray him. Jesus is literally dying for us in prayer. He stands up. And he went forth, is another way to say it. He walks right into what he knows is his imminent, brutal torture and death. I mean, he walks toward it. That's 
a manly thing, right? And he walked toward him, and what came out of his mouth, whom do you seek? He, he got right to the point. And they answered him, Jesus the Nazarene, he said, I am he. He, he didn't, well, he didn't do anything unmanly. He didn't run. He didn't back up. He didn't back up from his father's will. He didn't back up from his love for us. He didn't back up from his mandate from heaven. He didn't back up from anything. And so at that point, it, it's this really cool story. When he says, I am he, everybody hits the dirt. And again, he asks, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. He said, I told you I'm he. If you seek me, let these go their way. In other words, you're here for me. Leave everybody else alone. And that itself fulfilled prophecy. We see Peter strikes, and then Peter does something that would be considered manly, I think. Uh, he, he picked up a sword. And he cuts off. Now, I don't, you know, it probably wouldn't have looked too action movie manly because I figure if you're swinging a sword and you only get an ear, you're probably not the guy that should be using the sword uh, a whole lot. He was probably better with a fishing rod, but, but at least he took a swing and we give him credit. And he struck who happened to be the high priest's slave, uh, Malchus. And, and, of course, there's Jesus, and he is, he's getting ready to be taken into custody, but he has just spoke a word, and a bunch of professionals hit the dirt. He lets them stand back up, answers them again, sees Peter do this. And Jesus heals Malchus, we know, elsewhere. I mean, he, he heals him on the spot. So, bad guy coming to kill you, somebody fights for you, and instead of joining in that fight, when you've obviously got the power to handle it, he does something so counterintuitive, he heals the high priest slave, and then he says, he doesn't address Malchus, he doesn't address the high priest right here, in, in John's gospel, he, he addresses Peter his friend with the sword, and he says, put the sword into the sheath. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? Again, bravest act in human history. He's even teaching while he's stepping into the hardest point of his life. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 4, is the apostle that is teaching us some of the finest uh, theological, just exquisite teaching on suffering. It comes from the Apostle Peter. Well, where do you think he learned it? One of the places was right here. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? Peter had a deep understanding about suffering being according to the will of God. and. Men in Christ and women that do courageous things uh, are qualifying for this, obviously, as well. It's not really uh, a gender thing so much as it is a, believer, a believing thing. I think Mary Magdalene 
acted like this. I think Martha acted like this. I think Jesus' mother acted like this. We know many other women in Scripture in the New Testament acted like this. So what's on my heart today is I think Paul and Peter saw the manliest man that ever was in Jesus Christ. And when it was time to act, he didn't stand still. He didn't, as we like to say, simply pray. He prayed and then he acted. And for us, I, I suppose I'd, what I would want to consider today is if God has spoken to me, have I not only received the revelation, but have I acted? In doing so, we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, who, knowing what was coming upon him, went forth. So today, know that our Jesus whom we follow, the, he's worth following. And where he takes us, we're going to get it done.